Comedy LOL Podcast Network. Hey everybody, there's a couple ways you can support the show and you can do them all by going to ComedyLOL.com. And the first way is using our Amazon portal. So if you're going to do any shopping through Amazon, just go to ComedyLOL.com, click on the Amazon banner, do all your shopping and it helps us out. They'll send us a kickback and it doesn't cost you any extra. The second way is you could donate to us. Just send us money right at ComedyLOL.com. Click on Donate and send us money straight through PayPal. And the last and best way you can help us is to become our patron at ComedyLOL.com. Click on our Patreon link and you can become a patron and donate a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, a million dollars a month or whatever you want to help us and then you will actually receive exclusive content through patreon so you can check that all out by going to comedylol.com and we thank you very much hear what i say we are the business today function is finished today rt and j need a new pb and j we dropped the classic today we did a tablet of acid today the choice with the matches and ashes away we dash away donna and dixon the pistol is rapping away all right everybody and welcome back to another brandon bonanza podcast i'm here again with my good friend Aiden. and it's been quite a while since we've done done this maybe like what at least Maybe a year or so. I was yeah, maybe. Right. I was gonna say like six, eight months, but it probably has been a year. Yeah, both of us have crazy facial hair, which yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah, I like yours. You uh you're Thanks. looking like Serge Tankerman yeah. from System of a Down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I just I somebody was asking me about it the other day, um, referencing my goatee. I know this is like an audio program, but somebody said something about it and I was like, I don't know, it just started growing one day and then I just didn't know what to do, so I just gave up and let I'm letting it grow, so Looks good. See though. what happens. Yeah, maybe I'll braid it and become a monk. Um, but anyway, we're here to talk about um, about government, I guess. And I wanted to kind of explain to you my what and and uh, what I've come to as far as my beliefs uh, about government and about um, being ruled as and uh, and how I feel about it and how our system of government is. And I guess the best way to describe, if you're not familiar with it, is. It's close to libertarianism, and the problem, though, with that word, it's like any other word. You have a word like progressive or liberal or conservative. These titles change, and they get watered down, and then before you know it, one thing means another. So it used to be called libertarianism, but I guess the, the root of it is really uh, is anarchism, and anarchism gets is very misunderstood word. People hear anarchism, and they think it means without laws, but anarchist anarchism i'm sorry actually means without rulers it's uh greek it's from the greek uh language so it means it's a philosophy where we don't need rulers to tell us what to do and basically what it really boils down to is no one is above the law so there is law and there are laws in place but there's nobody that is not subject to these laws so there's no one above that law that can tell you to do something but then they are not subject to that law so that's basically the principle of it and um I know that it's very contrary to what we're, you know, we're, we're raised, we're raised, uh, the constitution and there's a president and then there's bodies that we elect and there's people that govern over us. And basically my, the, my stance is that, that, um, democracy is not moral because if you have a, a majority of people imposing their will on a, a minority of people, I don't think that just because these people vote for it that it makes it right you know so they can't like 
So what if they everyone gets together? There's like ten people, and eight people get together and say we can we can murder this person and take their stuff. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where where I where we look at it from. That's kind of where uh, where I come from. And um, if you wanted to look up more on this, another figure of someone I look toward is Ron Paul. He actually ran for president a couple of years ago twice. And um, have you this heard of him? Rand Paul's son? Yeah, or? Rand Paul. Okay. Oh, Rand Paul's father. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Rand Paul is the son, He's and he's a senator in Kentucky right now. And he's a Republican senator, but he is kind of libertarian also. I guess it's really hard in this climate. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it, there's too many true libertarians in Congress right now. No, not really. It's It's really hard because the way the government works, and this is kind of part of it, is... I look at it from the standpoint of people are going to act in their self-interest. So if you get people who have power over people, most of the times, not all the times, but most of the times are going to use that power in their self-interest to help themselves and their friends out to make money or to do whatever they have to do, even if they think they're doing the right thing. You know, in the end, that's that's kind of what's going to happen is... Uh, people are going to get people are going to get screwed over. So that's why I kind of that's why I advocate for this. If people ask me or if they think my beliefs about government, I kind of kind of say, you know, I didn't always feel this way. This is I came to after like years of uh I don't know, looking into it and stuff like that. And I I kind of try to stay open about my ideas, but the democracy thing for me is something that I've kind of came to recently whereas I always was like behind democracy, but then I was like, "Oh yeah, that that makes sense." Um, and a, another problem is, you know, you have a four-year presidency or eight-year presidency. That administration is only worried about that government for that four or eight years, and they don't care, you know, they don't give a shit about it after that. So it, they kind of get in there and just hit the pedal. Is you know, they redline that shit, and they just do what they can, and uh, and they make themselves look like the best while they're in, but then they're just like fuck tomorrow, basically. So. Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you start to think about how you could have a, a president, you know, let's say Obama, who's going in one direction for eight years, and then let's just say theoretically Trump is there for eight years and decides he wants to go in the complete opposite direction. You're funding things in the government for eight years, working towards one idea and one goal, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the next guy can come in and just say, you know what, fuck all that. Mm -hmm. I know we spent money on it, but we're just going to completely shift gears and go the the opposite way yeah there, there's no real there's no consistency there for anybody and i mean unless we all are working on the same thing consistently throughout presidents and throughout administrations uh congressmen where are we really going mm -hmm. and there are well see i definitely agree with what you're saying but I also think there are things that remain consistent and constant, and that's when you look at those things. Those are the things that are, um, that you know, are scary or that I would be against or even would threaten our freedom. Things such as war, or such as like the war on drugs or the prison system, or you know, um, crazy police power. Like say what you will about the police, everybody. And it's funny because. It's right and left, so like you can look at people on the right who praise and worship the police, but then they also will say that you know you can come take my gun and pry it out of my dead hand, you know my cold dead hand. Well, who do you think they're gonna send to come take your guns? <laughs> it's gonna be the police. So it's great that you support them, you know, but you gotta look at listen if if it doesn't matter who it is, if they have too much power, it's just dangerous. You know, if 
if they're the only ones riding around on the street with the guns, you know, how do you think they're going to act? Yeah, there's a real dangerous mindset in this country that if it doesn't affect me, I don't need to care. And what I always think about with stuff like that is it may not affect you right now, but what about in the future? You know, cops might not be targeting a majority of people, but all it takes is a flip of a switch and, you know, now they're targeting different people. Uh, The war on drugs, for example, I mean, that's a pretty clear, obvious we're going to go after these people because of drugs when you especially when you look at crack and cocaine and how they're sentenced differently for the same exact drug mm-hmm. you know things like that it people seem to not care until it hits them and by that point it's too late yeah and and if um you know I don't I like to kind of joke around and talk conspiracies a little bit but even if this isn't exactly a conspiracy what's going on is with the crack and the cocaine thing, it's a great example because they're what pe- what's going on is people are being divided. So you have a lower class of people who would be black people, white people, whoever. It's not just black people in the lower class. It's, it's the people who are in the lower classes who don't have the money, right? Poor people. The poor people. So they might be the one who are doing the drugs. So maybe in the black communities, it's crack. And then in the white communities, it's cocaine. So they focus on the crack. And then the white people or the, just the people who are in the cocaine communities don't care. So the lo- that class is the lowest class. They're getting attacked. And then once they're done with them, who do you think they're going to go after? Then they start going after people with cocaine. And now you have minimum sentences with just regular cocaine that are insane. But no one's saying anything. And it's funny. It's like that old thing they said um, in Nazi Germany. You know, they first they came for uh, – I don't know exactly how it goes, but it's like first they came for these people, then they came for them, and then then when they came for me, there was no one there to complain, you know? Yeah. And that's the problem is we're all people, and we have to realize that we're all people. And even if we want different things, you kind of got to look at it from that point of view as, you know, who's the real – where's the real evil here? Where's the real bad things that are going on? You know, it's not the people who are doing the drugs. Um you know, look at who's making money off of that maybe or, or like in the case in the war on drugs, it's it's very clear that taking people who are nonviolent criminals and throwing them in jail, not only are you creating criminals, but you're just forcing them into this black market that you created by making drugs illegal. And, you know, these people are they have an entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit. They're very smart just because they're in these lower class neighborhoods. So they take control. They start to sell drugs, and they they fill this this uh, this demand. It's all market stuff, you know what I mean? So they make a lot of money off of doing it, and then there's money and there's power, and that's when the violence comes in because then there's gangs and there's money and power to control it. But if that didn't exist, if it wasn't illegal and it was legal and you could regulate it and sell it openly, the crime behind it would just evaporate. And you could see that with alcohol. We have such a clear – you know, that's what – that's why I don't believe that um, when people talk about government and why they don't like government or their, you know, their problems with it, a lot of people will say it's inept, and a lot of people say, oh, they're just bumbling idiots. Well, I don't know about that because the examples are so clear. Like how how much how idiots are there? They're not really that stupid, you know. I don't know. I, like I said, I don't think it's some grand ex- conspiracy per se, but I also don't think they're just bumbling idiots. You know, they're very self-interested people. Uh, in these power in these positions of power, so if they're making money, they're not going to change it. You know. Speaking to that, I don't know if you heard about this, but this week they were supposed to have a vote in Congress on 
on some type of prison reform. I don't know exactly what it yeah, was. Yeah, I heard something about that. And it seems to have a lot of bipartisan support. Mm-hmm. But Mitch McConnell's trying to block that, and he's been trying to block it for weeks. Right there. I mean, what do you? What real good reason do you have to block trying to help people get out of jail and get into a better life? Especially people who, like you said, a lot of people that go to jail for drugs are nonviolent offenders. They just maybe had a little bit in their car or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever situation. And we all know people. You know people. I know people. Exactly. My brother was in my one of my brothers was in jail when his daughter was born because of. Because of uh, drugs, because of marijuana and stuff. Just because of marijuana. You know what I mean? It's like, are you out of your fucking mind? And then you're <laughs> fucked. Uh, and then you're fucked for the rest of your life because now you're labeled a felon. Yeah. And now you have to, you know, it's harder to get a job and you have things that you need to pay for and you can't pay for them. But now because of your history, it's a lot easier to go back to jail. It's yeah. just a, it's a really fucked up cycle. Yeah, it is. It's a really vicious cycle. I think it's starting to change, but I don't, I like I said, I don't really... That's why I don't have my faith in government with re- reform. Because if you have a system that some people are making money off of, it's really hard mm-hmm. to switch it. I mean, eventually things change. You know, uh, like look at uh, marijuana becoming decriminalized and legalized in a lot of places. You know, so slowly, eventually these things change. But I mean, until they do, I'm going to be, if I can, into a microphone just yelling about how terrible they are, you know? I mean, I would love to decriminalize drugs and I was actually I was talking to a coworker today who uh he was like yeah I I I really want the wall. I really want Trump to to build the wall. I think it'll cut down on illegal immigrants, terrorism, drugs, all this stuff and it, I mean, he listed off a ton of reasons why he thought it would be good and for every reason I was like, okay, well terrorists can still infiltrate the country without ever coming here just by going online. Mm-hmm. Um you can still have illegal immigrants come here through any other means. You can still have drugs come under the border because I, I, for some reason, a lot of people don't seem to remember that there's tunnels. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's not just one way to cross the border. Did they see Narcos oh, or whatever movie? <laughs> <laughs> so or Sicarios, whatever. Yeah. I, I I told them I was like, well, what about legalizing or decriminalizing all drugs and then having places like a meth clinic where somebody can go and they can do heroin, coke, whatever the hell they want to do in whatever dosage that is appropriate for their body and they're monitored by a doctor and you know that it's not laced with anything whatever and he's like i don't know i don't know that doesn't to him it didn't seem intuitive Mm -hmm. and then i pointed out how portugal and i didn't know this until recently but the czech republic actually they decriminalized drugs before portugal oh i didn't know that either yeah just i learned it from uh rogan the other day yeah he had uh I think his name was Carl Hart. A oh, guy. Okay, yeah, Dr. Carl. Yeah, he Hart, knows yeah. all about drugs and stuff. Yeah, so I yeah. listened to the two episodes that he was on and really great stuff. But, I mean, if these two countries can see a decrease in crime and teen pregnancy and drug use and all these things just by decriminalizing drugs, mm-hmm. why can't we try it? And that's that's always, to me, that's always the funniest thing about America and the, I don't want to say double standard, but we have a funny view of things where it's like, yeah, we can do whatever we want. And then someone says, oh, let's do this. Oh, no, we can't do that. That's impossible. Well, okay, so which one is it? Can we yeah, do it or not? People you know? think we're free. Like, oh, we're it's a free country. And it's like, I, d- I doubt that it's a free country, you know. 
I don't I don't really think walk down the street with a with a joint and see what happens to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you can't put certain country. things in your own body. Yeah. And you think that you're free. Yeah, it's it's um I I think it has a lot to do with the mythology of this country and how we came to be. And I don't really I don't think that we still it's it's pretty obvious to somebody who looks objectively that we're still we don't embody those same principles that we used to embody a long time ago and it's it was a slow thing that happened but where we're at now is we're not a free country where people come for freedom we're actually if you look at it more objectively we're we're a country that exports violence around the world you know we have i don't know exactly what's going on but we have all these military conflicts that we're involved in you know in northern africa and the middle east um in uh in korea we have you know north korea south korea uh but we we have this strong military presence so it's more like we're this military empire i think if you when we when people look back on us we're going to look more like a military empire than anything else and the problem is the people i don't think a lot of it has to do with public education because public education or just any education in this country most of it is terrible when it comes to that they don't really teach the whole history of what happened or why we're here now mostly people's idea of the middle east starts on 9-11 you know what i mean that's that's what they think that's when everything started and that's when all the war started and um especially when like george hw bush just died and this even you could talk about drugs too with this he's like everyone's basically treating like this huge hero you know right and left everyone's like bowing down but if you look at the things that he did he did some good things but then he did a lot of terrible things too isn't it interesting how when someone when a president is alive you'll have all these people calling out all the shit that they're doing bad Mm -hmm. and then once they die it's like what happened everyone's just like you said everyone's saying oh he's this great guy and we just forget all the bad stuff you know the thing I heard most recently about that this phenomenon that you just talked about and the reason for it is because the statism itself. So uh, the way I remember I was talking about anarchy and no no state no rulers, just kind of we make our rules and everyone just agrees and um, you know everyone's like oh my god that sounds like a crazy paradise that that I guess for another podcast I can explain how that would work, but when people think that they need government it becomes like a religion it becomes statism so there's these figures that even if you don't agree with them they were still this person who was like you know he held that ring he's like frodo baggins you know he held that ring for a while and we still got to give him our respect no matter what that person did you know and when i'm talking about george w bush he He's instrumental, and this is all stuff that's proven during the during the Iran contra during the Iran um, uh, hostage scandal. That's what I'm talking. That's what I was trying to say. He made a deal with the Ayatollah of Iran to keep the hostages a little longer, so that him and Ronald Reagan can have an advantage over sitting President Jimmy Carter before the election. So this is a person who conspired. That's basically treason. He conspired to keep American citizens held longer as hostages so he can gain political advantage and then they won the presidency that's something that happened also he had a lot to do with uh, the cia and the drug running that was going on like with the highway rick ross stuff and all that he he ran the cia for a while you know he was so he's not i mean he did do a lot of things too when the soviet union came down he also made a lot of uh anti-nuclear deals with 
Gorbachev and then later with Yeltsin. So there was a lot of good things that he did too. But to just blindly pra- praise the man like he was, you know, he could do no wrong, I think is very dangerous. Yeah, for even for anybody. I mean, yeah. I I know I've done bad in my life. I don't want to die and people think I'm some great person when I've <laughs> made a bunch of mistakes. And when you scale that up to a president, I mean, they've made mistakes or just like you said that that hostage situation deliberate actions which impacted not just themselves or a couple people around them it could impact the entire world yeah and some it, of these it, things it has really you know this is something we can always talk about if you're interested in maybe even on other podcasts is the history of the middle east because that's something i'm really versed on and a lot of people will point like we hate iran because of that and the reason why um to give you a little history they deposed so the Iranian people deposed the Shah who was the leader before in 1979 they got rid of him in favor of the Ayatollah and a lot of people don't know this is in a book it's called um, it's called The Fool's Errand Time to End the War in Afghanistan it's by this guy Scott Horton it's a great book and he talks about how the CIA even was friendly with the Ayatollah they knew who he was so they they were okay with him coming to power because they knew they can kind of handle him so when, when the Iranian people kicked out, they had their revolution, they kicked out the Shah, who was our guy, the Ayatollah, who is this, origi- uh, this religious leader, came to power, and the CIA was like, he worked with us before, it's fine. Um, then what happened was, once the Shah left the country, we, under, under, under international law, the United States is not supposed to take in a dis- uh, deposed leader. So we took in this guy, and the Iranians freaked out after that, and they stormed the embassy, and we were warned against that like people up high in the presidential command you know was like do we can't do this we can't take him in but i guess they said they took him in for medical reasons and that's when they stormed the embassy and took our our um hostages so i'm not saying what they did was right violence is not the answer to any of this but what i'm saying is you got to look at both sides you know we're not just these innocent people who are going around and it's not like they hate us just because we're free like they try to tell us so and th- this is just because, like, guys, I was in the Marine Corps. You know, I'm, my thing is I support the troops 100%. Like, I don't think we should be in most of the places we are. We should be here, you know, if, if we're much safer here. Not saying that I'm, like, a coward or anything, but I think being there just makes it worse. Yeah, yeah I mean, we have the strongest military. No one's going to fuck with us. If we have yeah. everybody here, we can, especially nowadays, we can deploy anybody anywhere pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, it's not like we have wooden ships still. We We have some... I mean, we have the top of the line, everything to the point where we're selling it to other countries. Yeah, that so yeah, exactly. And that's that's another problem. We get into it is uh, is arms sales. That's a huge one, man. That's one I I still can't fully wrap my head around because we're selling our technology, our weapons to other countries. Mm-hmm. What do we think they're gonna do with that stuff? I mean, <laughs> right now they might be our allies, but. Yeah. It doesn't take much for it, look at Trump tweeting. It doesn't take much for somebody to say something and then things to start changing. So yeah, we can sell them arms and now they have our arms. I mean, we we know how to fight against it cuz it's our stuff, but is it really smart to just be selling that stuff to other people? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think it is. It, the problem is it's just become so ingrained after World War II. Because before World War II, anytime there was a giant war, we would mobilize and then we would demobilize. And we didn't really have much of a standing army or navy or anything, just kind of smaller. But after World War II, because of the quote-unquote Soviet threat, which was – it's funny because 
all for all the there was a bunch of people who who said there was a bunch of war hawks and they were like you know we have to keep up with the Soviet Union they're terrible when they were really actually after World War II they were destroyed they were really broke and they didn't have the the resources or they didn't really have I don't think even the intention to kind of take over the world in a sense like marching their armies but what they did do and what Stalin was fucking and this is this is stuff that didn't even get a lot of it still doesn't get a lot of attention but you can go look at look it up is he had great campaigns when it came to like propaganda and when it, he he had like a bunch of stalls I'm sorry a bunch of spies installed in our government and also like in China that's why kind of China fell and that's why and it's been that's how they got the the plans for the um for the nuclear bombs like those people I guess I, f- I forget their name I think it was Ethel and um Someone else, Rosenthal, uh, what were their names? This is terrible, I can't remember. But anyway, they were actually put to death for that. They got caught. But um, but so the military threat, though, wasn't that big. It was more of a domestic threat, you know, with them infiltrating our our government agencies and, like, installing policies and stuff like that, where we kind of saw it as a military threat, so we built up. And then after World War II, we saw all the money that was made, and then the same people just kept pumping out these this money. And then you have Korea... And then after Korea, you have Vietnam. And then after Vietnam, we start to spread all the the weapons into, like, Iran. That's why we start send, selling all this stuff to Iran. We start, you know, arming all these people around the world. And then later we start to arm Afghanistan, you know. And it that's what it is. It's just all this money. And like I'm saying, I don't think it's this conspiracy thing. It's more where just these things are set in motion and all this money's being made. So no one's going to stop it. They just kind of go along with it, you know. Yeah, as long as everyone's getting paid, no one really has any incentive to stop anything especially when you're selling arms to another country who's fighting in another territory it doesn't affect anyone back mm-hmm. home it's like mm-hmm. okay yeah i can sell them all the all the guns everything i want because they're gonna kill each other and my people are good and i'm gonna get paid i i can understand why that would be a logical conclusion for somebody mm-hmm. but whether or not that's right on behalf of all Americans is something that if people knew about, then we could talk about. Because I don't yeah. think a lot of people even really know how much all of this is going on. Yeah, well, if you ask that question, you just get, listen, support the troops, shut up, you know. Yeah, and, and, um, and it's funny because the last two presidents we had, Obama and now Trump, both ran on pretty anti-war platforms. Even Bush... George W. Bush ran on platform saying he wasn't going to use the military to nation build. You can go back and look at it. And then, you know, Obama said these things. And even Trump said he's going to end all these wars. Trump called – Trump said – and he went to South Carolina, which is like one of the reddest states, you know, like a bunch of military people in South Carolina. And he said George W. Bush lied us into a war in Iraq. And those people cheered for him and they voted for him. And him saying that, that's basically calling George W. Bush a war criminal because if you say you lied someone into war and then all those people that died now because of this war that was responsible for that lie, basically. You know what I mean? So he said this stuff. He said he was going to end the war in Afghanistan. Then he gets in and he's like, oh, my military advisors basically said no. And now quietly, I don't even know if you know about this, but quietly it's been going under the radar. This has been the bloodiest year in Afghanistan bomb wise like they've dropped more bombs than they ever have and it's because basically 
my my the way I look at it is Trump doesn't have a lot of support in Washington D.C. Obviously, the Democrats are like fuck you. And then when he first came there, the the, the um, establishment Republicans were basically like fuck you. So the military was behind him. So he used that, and those were his guys, the military generals. So he basically would tout that, and then people his base would cheer that. So I think he kind of took the gloves off and let them do what they want to do. And it's all stuff they've done before, and it's just not working. You can't, you can't subjugate a people by bombing them. The only way you could really subjugate them, look at like what Alexander the Great did. What you do is install like a puppet government, you know, and then you, <laughs> then you tax them. <laughs> kind of look what they're doing here. But yeah, that's you know, if you look at history, that's what you do. You can't keep somebody under a military rule. It's just going to result in guerrilla warfare. Guerrilla warfare. What you do is you just trick some of them to say they're rulers of the other ones and then tax them. <laughs> so, like, regime change in a way. Yeah. Well, well, that's kind of like we tried regime change, but the problem is we don't realize – we. the problem is it's just so transparent that the people who we're trying to prop up there, we're not really – like, if when, when I say over there, I mean, like, Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, it, you could tell that the people there – it's like we're foisting these, these uh, rulers on. When the people in Afghanistan – it's sad because we're we're backing these warlords and the people in Afghanistan. It's so bad. The people we're backing are so bad. They're turning to the to Al. I'm sorry to the Taliban. <laughs> they're turning to the Taliban to represent them because the Taliban is actually not as crazy as these warlords. So it's it's the Taliban actually control more power now than they did before we went in or something like that. It, it's crazy. Yeah. They don't control the main big cities. But they control the people's hearts and minds because people see they see you know the war the the soldiers there they're not on their side you know their relatives are getting killed. No, it's insane. We've been there what now, fifteen years or something like that. We've been in Afghanistan for seventeen years in September or November, seventeen years. And but we've been in Iraq. This is the thing that people don't talk about. We've been in Iraq in Saudi Arabia since 1990 or 89 and we had a no fly so we did Iraq the Gulf War 1 we kicked Saddam out of Kuwait and then we had a no fly zone uh the whole time and like you know and we had sanctions and people died and that's part of the reason why that's one of the reasons Osama bin Laden gave for why he did 9/11 was because of all the kids that died and all the people who starved and the sanctions that we had and we had our bases in Saudi Arabia where Osama bin Laden's from, we had our bases there against, uh, you know, to uphold those sanctions. So he was against that. I'm not saying, like I said, same thing. I don't, I'm not a fan of Osama bin Laden, but this is why he did it. You know, like what would you do if fucking save Mexico had sanctions on us and people in your neighborhood were dying? You know, would you just sit there and, you know what I'm saying? Like I, yeah. that's that's kind of what the Second Amendment's about. No, know? I always tell people I think it's. If just you really flip think it around, about it, you know. Yeah, if you really think about it, I mean, like you said, we've been in Saudi Arabia and Iraq for what thirty years, or yeah, something like that, and then Afghanistan you know, yeah. seventeen. Mm-hmm. What in the world would you, uh, random person living in New Jersey, if a bomb was just going off every other week down the street or near you, mm-hmm. and you knew it was another country, w- you're just gonna live there happily? You're going to be like, oh, you know, another family died today by a bomb. No big deal. No, you're going to obviously be pissed. You're obviously going to want to retaliate in some way. So not to say 
that I support anybody who's a terrorist, but I can completely understand why people would hate the U.S. and become terrorists and want to attack us. It's, yeah. It's yeah. not like a crazy concept to think if someone's attacking you and your people and your family's killed or hurt or someone you know and care about is killed or hurt, it's not a crazy idea to think that you want to retaliate against whoever. Mm-hmm. It happens here all the time. I mean, we see it all the time in, in the U.S. just by people, you know, somebody did something and now this guy went and killed somebody. Yeah. It, it happens all the time here. So why wouldn't it happen anywhere else? It's a human thing. Yeah, it's like after, if people who are old enough to remember 9-11, what was your first instinct? Let's go get them. Well, yeah, what do you think happens when we bomb? You know, like we, we see, that's the thing I hate to say we, and I don't, I'm not trying to like blame the military because like I was in the military and the way it's told to everybody here and the way you learn it and then the actual truth of what's going on are two different things. But this is just something that people who have power over over other people have always done throughout time. They've they, When they make war, they always have a kind of a different reason for why they're making the war and for what they're telling you. You know, like you can even go back to like World War One and all this crazy, you know, into World War II and, and the chain reactions that it, it's had. Um, but like I said, it's, you know, I, I think that if you're going to fight for your country, it's very noble. And if you are one of the people who are willing Definitely. to fight for your country, then think about what ha- what would you would do if you were in the position of that terrorist. You know, you're the same people, man. And this goes back to what I was saying before. We're all that same, you know, I don't like to z- use the word class, but that, like, group of people. You know, we're just all people. And it's this small percentage of people who rule us. Those are the ones that are the fucking assholes that have us at each other's throats, you know? Divide and conquer. That's... I mean, it works on your people just like it works on other people. That's what I'm saying, and we're not through. Like, we're not done with history, man. Just you know, just because we know about all the crazy stuff that happened, and we can watch Game of Thrones and and be like, "Wow, that's crazy." Don't think that it's still not going on, or even a more complex version of it. You know, like these people in power. That's why it's funny when I, whenever a president loses, and I see people on one side, like when Hillary lost, and everyone was so upset. I'm like, you're really like you realize she is a horrible person, like. You know, say what you will, but the things that she's done or any of these people in these positions of power are just fucking terrible. And if you're if you're listening to this and you think I'm crazy, Bill Clinton is like it's pretty provable that he's a rapist. And when I say rapist, I don't mean like, you know, huh, like, no, like brutal, like terrible, violent rapist. Just Google Juanita Broderick and look into that story. It's fucking insane. So. And that's only one thing he did. Yeah, that's only that's like one, one side of Bill Clinton. Because we can get into yeah. all the uh, prison stuff he did and uh, the criminal justice reform that he did that sent a bunch more people into jail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's so many things. The the all the drugs coming through Arkansas, like they just made that movie about it, and that was you got to remember he was the governor of Arkansas at the time. Like, I don't know, man. It's crazy. But yeah. So that's why it's funny to me when people get upset, and that's why I'm like, listen, I if you feel one way about politics and you have if you're like a republican or a democrat or whatever it is um i'll i can talk to you and the thing about my my point of view which is great is i have i have a lot in common with both sides but then in certain areas i'm even better you know like with when it comes to like uh war and if you're talking to somebody that's like on the on the right and i'm like hey listen i'm coming at this from you know these wars are costing us all this money you're supposed to be conservative you don't want to have all these taxes. Look at the trillions of dollars that we're wasting. 
You know, can't you agree with that? Yeah. All right, come on, fucking let's stop this. You know what I mean? Like definitely. So. That's I mean, that right there is reason enough at least to cut back. Even if you feel like we need to be everywhere. I mean, with the amount of money we're we spending, we can it, we can cut back a little bit. Yeah, you know, and that's the problem. We can't, you know, right now our, our national debt is twenty trillion or something. They're saying maybe close to thirty when you factor in this or that. And then right now the interest rates have been held at like zero percent for ten years. So once they start to go up, you know, we're not going to be able to afford all this stuff. Uh, that's exact. Look what happened to the Soviet Union. One day they were just like. We can't afford this anymore. They had to basically end it. So I'm kind of hopeful. I, I, I'm I hoping that that's kind of what happens, but not like to the whole country, like as where we go crazy, but just the government or maybe just that world empire aspect of it where it's just like one day we just can't fucking afford it and we just have to dismantle it, but it comes down peacefully. That's my, uh, my hope. I think things will change once we start to focus on renewable energy because a lot of this stuff seems to be wars and battles being fought for oil. And so when we have a majority renewable energy and we're not really dependent on oil, we already have... The U.S. actually just turned into one of the major oil producers and exporters Mm -hmm. in the world. So obviously we have enough for ourselves. That's what makes it even crazier. We can easily... Once we start to switch to renewables, I mean, we don't need to fight these wars on behalf of rich oil people we can just focus in on our stuff keep our oil reserves if we want to sell them sell them i guess but we would have all the energy we need being created here and i think if you if we focused on renewables and we decriminalized all drugs you'd see a major shift in u.s foreign policy oh yeah i i for sure agree with that i mean the only other the only other aspect of it is influence um is of our foreign policy what a lot of people talk about is especially in Afghanistan is we try to keep our sphere of influence but it doesn't make sense because we we're like a country in North America way on the other side of the world why would we care about the sphere of influence like of China or Russia um especially in the nuclear age we all have nuclear bombs no one's gonna fucking get out of line too much you know yeah and like i said before we have the most advanced technology or at least some of the most advanced technology that even if someone did launch a nuke at us i mean if someone launched a nuke at us right now it doesn't matter if we're in their country or not you know yeah the, the nuke is coming yeah um but if we're not there we can still see that it's coming and we can still react and we can still do whatever we need to do yeah yeah and, and, and by and I think the the ultimate argument really is by being there it, they say it makes it safer but it really doesn't because of the collateral damage because and then it's not even always collateral damage if you look at the way the Saudi war in, uh, in Yemen right now we're basically backing the Saudis in a war in Yemen and the Saudis aren't targeting military I mean it's it's so obvious and blatant that they're targeting uh, civilians that they're targeting waterworks electricity they're basically trying to bomb these people into submission and they're killing civilians so it's it's really terrible but when people see this this just generates more hate so basically by killing 10 terrorists you're only creating 100 you know because then this guy he could have been not even terrorist could have just been like a normal person but now his brother who's still alive is going to hate everyone. You just killed someone's mom. Now you created, you know, another terrorist. And it goes back to, like, what would we do? 
you know. So, like you said, yeah, pulling out, I think we'd be much safer. Maybe in the long, maybe in the short term, it'd be a little dangerous, but you know, I I'm willing to take my chances, and that's the thing. This country, we're supposed to be this free country. We're supposed to be really tough. Well, if we really were a tough country, we wouldn't have to go all over the world with all of our weapons showing our might. You know what I'm saying? If we were really strong, we could just sit back here and say, listen, we'll take it. If an attack happens, we'll recover from it, and we'll find out who is responsible, and we will take care of it. We won't fucking hold the whole world hostage, you know, yeah, and spend trillions of dollars. And geographically, I mean, we're in a great place. It's harder for somebody to just, yeah. you know, come from another country. You yeah, you got to come through the sea. Yeah, unless you're Mexico or Canada, who's... I don't think is ever really going to try to invade us. Yeah. So, I mean, we're pretty good. Yeah, we're in a good, we're good... Look at the caravan that it, walked, yeah, however. Yeah, that's a, a crazy-ass walk that those people made. And and if somebody... Yeah, that is... But if, and if an army ever did get here, we're so armed that they would it would be the dumbest thing to ever do. You know, I don't think anyone's ever going to try to take us over. It, no. You know, I, I think they had their shot during the Civil War. If a country wanted to come in, that would have been a good time to come and scoop us up. I don't, you know... Well, if it ha- if we have another civil war, yeah. The only thing is, if that so, if we had it, if we did have another another civil war, um, which I think people say, you know, we're really divided right now. But I don't. I'm studying this civil war right now, and we are fucking nowhere near as divided as they were back then. And the number one reason is because of this flow of information, and because of how easy it is. Like, you know how hard it would be. Like back then, there wasn't shit going on. Back then, you worked from the time you woke up. You either worked at a farm or a factory, backbreaking labor, whether you were black or white, didn't matter until you went to sleep. Man or child, Right, too. man or child, didn't matter. That was your life. So when people say, hey, you want to go to war? You're like, oh, yeah, hey, this sounds like an adventure. Let's <laughs> yeah. go do it. Now, you fucking, what do you work, 40 hours a week? Or some people work more, and you get, you know, you're never hungry, you're never cold. You know what I'm saying? You're, everyone's always comfortable. So it'd be so much harder to get people. But then again, if this shit did come down and collapse, you know, then maybe it would change. But right now, I don't think we're we're near it. So that's at least a good optimistic thing I could say. You know, yeah, because no, of our good. technology. <laughs> I guess we can wrap it up there, unless there's anything else you want to add. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't really have much to add. I think you you summed it up great when you gave that advice. Just pull out. It's better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, guys, just pull out. That's our uh, that's our motto. Thanks for listening. Go to um, ComedyLOL.com to support this if you like it. And please leave comments or remarks and uh, let us know what you want what you want us to talk about next time. All right, guys. Thanks. Yet our best trained, best educated, best equipped, best prepared troops refuse to fight. Matter of fact, it's safe to say that they would rather switch than fight. Freedom of death.
Comedy, LOL Podcast Network.